we're going to read our passage for today, which is uh, in the book of Luke. So while you turn there and, uh, oh, there it is. Okay. Uh, you could also look on your screen like I'm doing. All right, let's read. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told this parable. Can a blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. Uh, really grateful for your ministry. And uh, hey, can we take a moment to thank the uh, ops team this morning? I mean, it's on days like when it's raining. I, uh, I didn't bring my phone up, but uh, you know how on your smartphones, you'll sometimes get these like emergency warnings, like they'll just, your phone will sort of just start going crazy. We live right next to a, an elderly person's home center. And so usually when Cindy and I get it, it's like, you know, an elderly person has escaped, <laughs> like everybody watched. Uh, anyway, so, so we got that last night and I look at it and the first thing it says is tomorrow, gale warning winds of up to 45 miles an hour. And I'm just sitting here like, Cindy and I look at each other like, um... We need to be praying for the operations team, not least of which is thanking, thanking them for, for all that they do. Thankfully, the, 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 you know, the winds held off a little bit and the, the rains uh, are, you know, mild right now. So we also need to thank the unofficial prayer team uh, for, for things working out that way. But operations team, we love you guys. We know you're behind the scenes. I'm trying to like look and find you guys. You guys are faithfully doing that. Thank you guys for, for, for all that you do. Don't judge. Probably, maybe just the most, just about the most recognizable verse in the Bible. Don't judge. Even if you didn't grow up in the church, haven't read the Bible all that much, chances are you know Jesus taught, don't judge. And talk about a cross-current teaching that our world needs today. And by the way, the church needs today. So in fact, so I just, what I want to do is just jump straight in uh, after, after prayer, and, and we'll, we'll look at the text today. Father, thank you so much. First of all, yeah, for, for the rain. I mean, we're, we've been in a drought, and uh, we've been praying for rain, and uh, Lord, we're so thankful for it. We don't take it for granted. Lord, would you meet needs and communities and all, all that sort of stuff where, where the rain has really been needed. Um, th- thank you for these teams that serve us so faithfully, the ops team, the, the trailer uh, team. Uh, the kids team that we, man, boy, we just launched a new room today. They just reconfigured things and, and it worked out with the, the rain being what it is to move them inside today. And just, uh, you know, as we, we elevated, uh, highlighted the band just now. Uh, and we're just so thankful for all the people you've brought together so that we can, we can do these things together on Sunday morning and all the things that you call us to in the community throughout the week. Fathers, we uh, are, look to your word now. We ask for your spirit to open it up to us however you want each of us to receive it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Do not judge, Jesus said, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. 
Uh, why would Jesus teach this if not uh, for, for the straightforward thought that we have a propensity to judge? It's a human condition. We tend to judge. I feel like the Twitterverse has really kind of given us a crash course case study in this human nature that we have over the last like five years. I mean, going back further, but I feel like in the last like five years, it's been really intense. I've lost track of how many people, and I won't name any names, of people who are just on Twitter, just calling other people out for all sorts of stuff that they just feel like is all kinds of wrong and, and whatever you want to call it, only to have someone else point out to them a tweet that they had posted years before and said, what about that though? And then they'll be like, uh, but you. And it's just like back and forth. It's just about, But we don't need the Twitterverse to tell us about this about ourselves. Marriage can do that just fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just... Get married for a little bit. Once that honeymoon period goes, it's like, hey, why are you not changing? Why are you this way? And it's like, they're saying the same thing. And you're kind of like in this, like, what's going on? And that's the human condition. We all judge. We all do it. It can be over like really trivial things, small things that add up, by the way, or at least can add up into things that really kind of take a toll or take, you know, a, a toll on, on relationships or whatever it might be. We judge in bigger ways. Ways that can just have big uh, implications in, in different ways. We all judge. And Christian friends, if, if I can for a moment go there, this is a big issue in the church. Judgmentalism is a major issue in the church today. It's one of the things that is making people leave the church and want nothing to do with the church to begin with. We live in the Bay Area that's known for not being very receptive towards Christianity. In fact, a lot of social scientists call it the most unchurched slash de-churched part of the U.S. De-churched meaning people who had come in the past but are no longer coming now. And the top three reasons that people give, of those top three reasons, one of those is judgmentalism in the church. People being judgmental. And by the way, the other two, if you're, you're interested of the top three, are hypocrisy and self-righteousness in the church. Two other things that this text we're looking at today addresses, but it's tragic that the church is known for being judgmental when Jesus himself taught very explicitly, do not judge. So what do we do about that? What does it mean for us? We got we to be thinking about this. I was at a, a, a conference uh, a while back, and there was a speaker there talking about judgmentalism in the church, and he kind of was... Uh, He's kind of provocative and creative in terms of how he, he was getting us to think about it. But there's things in the Bible known as the spiritual gifts, okay? Spiritual gifts are things that God gives uh, his followers for the sake of helping other people, building up the church. So there's a spiritual gift of encouragement, spiritual gift of prayer, spiritual gift of hospitality. There's just a number of spiritual gifts in the Bible. He said, when it comes to this thing of judgmentalism in the church, this issue of judgmentalism in the church, he's like, it's as if we are claiming the spiritual gift of criticism, and we're proud of that. He said, but that's just not in the Bible. In fact, the Bible speaks against that. So what exactly is Jesus teaching when he says, don't judge? What does that mean? Of course, he's not meaning, for, he's not forbidding all judgment, okay? He can't mean that because, for instance, there are places where he, he says, you got to use discernment. He, he taught, beware of false teachers, I mean, you kind of have to do some judging there to like decide who's true and false. It's like, okay, so you kind of have to judge and have discernment in that case. The Bible's also filled with a lot of places where it says, hey, we're, we're called to speak truth in love to one another, hold each other accountable, you know, try to help people when they're kind of falling or, or, having, or running into issues or whatever it might be. That's incredibly important. The scripture is really clear about that. And then, by the way, in this very same text, Jesus does give the very slight provision that, you know, sometimes with your brother, you do need to point out to them the error of his ways. 
So he even has it here in this text. But so, so what is he saying? What does he mean when he says, don't judge? When he says, don't judge, he's saying, don't pass harsh, adverse verdicts against people. Don't criticize people or have a spirit of criticism about them where you're just coming down on them morally or spiritually. Uh, don't, don't go there. In fact, in the Greek language, it's worth noting that when Jesus says the word don't judge that's translated into our English, it's the present imperative tense, which is just to say Jesus is actually more saying continually don't judge. Like make sure you, you build into a habit, if anything, not judging. Like watch out for it. Continually, actively avoid doing this. Uh, there was a book written by a pastor named Larry Osborne out of the San Diego area. He wrote a book where the title is almost just worth, worth the book itself. It's called Accidental Pharisees. Now, Pharisees in the, in the Bible are these religious leaders in Jesus' day who were just out there. Everybody saw them as like God's representatives on earth. They just kind of stuck everything to the, the, the letter and just like did everything. And they were good people on the, on the surface, but Jesus was constantly calling them out. Remember he said, beware of false teachers. This is one of those areas where he was just like, beware of these guys. I got to let you know about these guys because they were hypocritical. They were just always saying one thing, but really kind of leading a different life. And, and, and one of those things was they were very judgmental, just constantly looking down. You're not like us. You need to be like us. Why aren't you that way? And as Larry Osborne wrote this book called Accidental Pharisees, he's pulling out a, an insight that's really there in the scriptures clearly that it is all too easy for Christians to fall into the same trap of becoming a Pharisee and not even realize it. And you can become a Pharisee without realizing the ill effects it's having on others when, say, we're judging people. Uh, here's a, one way he described what goes on when, when we judge. He says, our spiritual comparisons are incredibly biased. We have an amazing ability to compare things in a way that causes us to come out on top. And when we come out on top, it's hard not to look down on the people who don't measure up. I mean, that, that speaks to the human heart, it seems to me. Here are some questions before we kind of move on. We all judge, and even if we don't judge, the thought here is we should probably start with this kind of thought that we probably do it. But it's also hard to figure out in what ways we do it inherently. So how do we figure it out? Well, a uh, thought exercise with you is that maybe consider, and this is just me kind of like in my musings as I prepare today, like maybe this could help. Maybe think about the areas in your life where you're especially passionate about or care a lot about. And the reason I say that is it seems to me often when we care a lot about something, we also care when other people don't care about or aren't caring as much about, right? So just to kind of work through a list, again, this is not anywhere meant to be exhaustive, but just kind of give us a flavor so we can think about it for ourselves. Let's say you're incredibly passionate about justice, about meeting needs of the poor, about helping the orphans, wonderful things, right? You've just had this heart for compassion. You might struggle with people who aren't as compassionate or maybe don't seem compassionate at all. You might be real, really tempted to look at them with kind of, look at them as cold-hearted or uncaring, selfish, whatever it might be. Or let's say you spend a lot of time thinking about theology. Um, you know, you, just, you have to read the Bible with a certain translation, and when others don't do that, then it's okay, I don't know what's going on over there, and you've read a lot of books that dead guys have written, and you're just like, okay, that's, that's your thing. And maybe that was in your past, but it kind of stays with you. Hey, that's, those, those can be good things, right? But what if the, it's like to the degree of like, if people don't kind of see things the way you do or quickly understand things the way you do or start share the way you think they ought to in group or whatever it might be, it's like, well, they're not with it. Let's say you're really good with money. 
Let's say you give sacrificially to things, which the Bible seems to suggest that God would really applaud if that's you. Let's say you give towards God's work, or let's say you're really thrifty and you're really good with budgeting. Perhaps your struggle could be with those with looking down at those who aren't good with money or who you deem are unwise with resources or whatever the case may be. Let's say you're really generous with your time and how you serve and you can see people's needs and you care for people, but other people don't quite see that or they don't quite return it. And then it's like, oh man, they just don't understand. They're not, they're not with it. Or last one, this is kind of fun. Maybe you pride yourself and you never really realized it. You pride yourself in not judging others. That's your thing, right? Whenever people are pointing the fingers at others, that's the people that really great at you. But then, of course, you're judging the judger. I mean, the list just goes on and on. The reality is we can be judgy about all sorts of things. Jesus taught, don't judge because we have a real propensity towards it. We just need to recognize it. And often we don't realize it's there or even how it's there, but we just need to see it. So how do we overcome it? Because the effects of judgmentalism in the world, whether it's, you know, in churches, whether it's in families or relationships, roommates, in the community, out in the Twitterverse, in the, in the culture, the effects are far-reaching and, and painful, painfully destructive and divisive. What can we do about it, this propensity to, to, to judge that we have? Well, Jesus talks about the speck and the plank uh, very famously, and it's a very helpful kind of metaphor or spiritual uh, thought here that he gives us, starting in verse uh, 41, let's read. Uh, he said, why do you look at the speck of the sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So how do we overcome this propensity we have to judge? I I love how masterful of a teacher Jesus is because he doesn't say here, all right, here's the issue and it doesn't take too much of like personal reflection to understand that, yeah, that could be me. It's definitely part of the culture so we got to think about this. There's there's an issue. What do I do about it? He so quickly master says, well, here's what you do about it And, and what he says is not, okay, you just need to muster up the willpower to just not judge. Just work it in yourself. I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to judge. And then you're, you're good to go. I don't know about you, but that just wouldn't help. That wouldn't work. He gives this wonderful spiritual metaphor to help us really get at the heart issue and get at the key for understanding how we are not to judge others. He says, essentially with this metaphor, you want to know how not to judge others. You need to first have a sober understanding of your own spiritual state. You're so quick to judge others, oh, people. But what you ought to do is start with judging yourself. You're so quick to see things. And, and really, it's like in other people, when you do that, it's like it's essentially like you're seeing a, a speck of sawdust in their eye when you really have a plank in your own. And this word plank is, is, is a very like specific word in the Greek. It means essentially a load-bearing beam. So we're talking like, like, like in, in, in for the construction of homes. Like we're talking like a, a straight-up tree trunk sticking out of our eyes. That's, that's the picture. By the way, if you ever wondered if Jesus had a sense, has a sense of humor, it's like, you can't read this and not think he did Because everybody's, like in this metaphor, it's just like everybody's walking around with these telephone poles in their eyes, trying to point out like, hey, dude, you know, that speck, you know what I mean? Like that, it's, it's very, it's meant to be just comical. But the implication is really clear is that when we start to do that, when we start to judge in the act of doing that, we are moving away from understanding that we think the big deal is their speck, but it's comically not so in comparison to what we have going on us as we judge. Uh, I can't read 
this story in the scripture, this teaching is in, in, the, in the scriptures anymore without thinking about it, uh, something that happened to me a while back. Uh, there was a day when I went to Starbucks across the street from uh, current headquarters, and I'd gotten two uh, coffees so to bring back to my meeting, to give, give to the, my buddy and, as we were going to meet. Um, so I was on the other side of this very busy intersection, it had a center divide, and it's just whizzing back and forth. Matilda, if you know, it's just... And so I ended up playing Frogger. I should have gone down and probably, you know, used the light, but that was extra time. And, you know, it's just like, you know, I, I wanted to get across. So I'm running across the, the center divide, and I'll never forget. And I experienced this in slow motion. As I was jumping onto the center divide with two hot cups of coffee in, in my hands, a fly just went straight into my eyeball. Like, I'm just like, no, you know, like you see the movie, slow, no, and went in, and I'm just like, I already have hot coffee coming down my hands. It's just like, and I couldn't shut my eye in time, all that sort of thing. And it, 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 it lodged way back in there. It, I know, I'm sorry to do this to you, but like, you know, it just, and it was just one, I'm just like on the center divide, cars are whizzing past both ways. It's so small, I can't put the coffee down. But even by this point, even if I put the coffee down, it's so far back there, I'm like, it's literally all the way back feel it squirming. I'm just like, man, sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Anyways, like, I'm just, I'm like, at this point, I'm just, my body's going to absorb it. I don't know, digest it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, okay, I'm reliving it too, just for what's worth. So I'm like there, and I'm just like, this stinks. I bet half of you are like, you shouldn't have jaywalked. But then you're judging me, and there you go, back at you. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm like, I'm out there, and I'm just like, this stinks. This is terrible. We all know speccatus. If you ever had something like that in your eyes, it's bad. It's like painful. It's inconvenient. It's all sorts of like, man, it'll mess you up, mess up your vision for a little bit. Jesus' point, though, is like as bad as that is, and we all can relate to that. It's nothing compared to this tree trunk we have in our eye when we start to uh, judge others. And in fact, he calls it out for what it is in verse forty-two. It's hypocritical because the gospel or the good news of Jesus, we all have trees in our eyes. Like the human condition is we all have trees in our eyes. We all are sinful, as the Bible puts it. Deeply flawed, you know, in our relationships with others, our selfishness, our greed, impurity, you know, you just name it, all these sorts of things. Like there's just, it's just straight up like trees in our eyes and God sees it all clearly. And so when we start to judge others, he's like, are you kidding me? I was uh, hanging out with a good buddy uh, this last week, or was it the week before I forget? Uh, and uh, he's, he's a good friend of mine. He was in my wedding. He's, he's a pastor himself, and he's kind of getting into the counseling uh, side of things, and he's, he's just got a real heart for understanding people and relationships and, and that sort of thing. Afterwards, he said, hey, David, I'm working on something that, like, you know, a resource I can hand out to couples, but really this is meant to be for, for all relationships, let alone, let alone marriages. Um, he said, can I send it to you to look at? And it's called Seven Tools for Meaningful Connection. Seven Tools for, for Meaningful Connection. I said, of course, send it, send it. I'd love to look at it. And so there's these seven uh, meaningful connections. The second one really got me. The first one is know, know thyself. And he's talking about how that's important in terms of making connections with others. You got to know yourself. But the second one was this. We need to have an understanding that other people are not your problem. You are. I was like, oh, but that's it though. I mean, right? Other people are not your problem. You are. He's a really nice guy. He's not confrontational. He's not provocative, but he's just like, you need to understand something. By the way, he's coming alongside what every professional therapist, counselor I've talked to has affirmed. And that is we have this real innate nature to see all of our problems as the other person's what they're doing, why they're not, whatever it might be. And what my buddy is saying, what, what a lot of uh, therapists will say is, it'll feel very counter, counterintuitive, especially in the moment. 
okay? Because, you know, in the heat of things, an argument, whatever it might be, you know, you just, you have your defenses up and you're just like, okay, I can see what their problem is. But what's very counterintuitive is actually to understand the best thing you could do in that situation is actually to own your own problems. In other words, not to look at the speck or like even think about like what it is that there's going, but just what is going on in me. Jesus says it's so easy to really focus on the speck in others, but if we would just have the mindset that no, we're walking around with these trees, (laughs) it would just go so much better just in general but counseling will tell you it'll go better for yourself and all, all the rest of it. You hypocrite, he said in verse 42. First, take the plank out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. In humility, he's saying, understand that even if you don't think so, you probably have a plank in your eye. <laughs> and then when you've dealt with that, maybe, just maybe, in humility, the other person will invite you in or maybe be receptive to like talk about what that is. But that's secondary. It's funny, being in ministry a long time, I've had this text you know, looked at over the years and uh, I, I've often heard people read this or, or, or cite it to me. No one, no one here comes to mind, but like this text, it's like, oh, so I just need to figure out the plank thing in my eye and then I can work on the sawdust of the other person. It's just like, no, 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 that's not the point. It's like, the point is like, hey, sure, that would be awesome if that happens. But the point is, no, we all have trees in our eyes and that's serious. If the speck works itself out and you get fine, but that's not the point. In fact, if we're thinking that way, we need to go back to the first part of the verse and read it again. Like, cause it kind of goes anti to the, to the point. But sometimes, yeah, maybe just maybe we could speak into and, and there'll be receptivity when, when that sort of thing happens. We, we all have trees in our eyes. He said again in verse 37, do not judge, and then he emphasizes it, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. That's a really sobering thought. Christian friends especially, that should be a very sobering thought. You're telling me I, I, I'll be judged? Wait, I think what this means is like, man, if we start to judge, we're forgetting what the gospel is all about. The gospel is not just Jesus came, perfect judge, into the world to live a life with us, preaching don't judge. The gospel is on the cross, he took our judgment for us. And if we forget that, we're forgetting what it's all about. Jesus sees that we have all these planks in our eyes. The perfect ju- judge, God sees that we have, we're walking around with trees. You know what the gospel is? What do you do with our planks? What do you do with our load-bearing beam? He was crucified to it. He was nailed to it for our sake. Listen to how Colossians 2 puts it. You were dead in your sins and God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. If our perfect, loving judge did that for us, how can we not do that for others? That's the whole point. How can we not have a mindset of, man, I got to just look with a deep sense of humility in what I'm bringing to the table, what I'm understanding, and not make this so much about you and what you aren't or what you are doing in this situation or not doing. And do you see then how this is, how we are then to love others? By not judging them and owning our own hearts, we're creating a space where love can can flourish. When we own our own stuff, when we look at us. You know, this ancient text here, it gives me so much hope for today. I don't know about you, but when, I'm, when I think about the Twitter verse, and when I think about the human condition, 
it can feel almost hopeless, right? I mean, it really is a downward spiral trend, and it's not just out there, it's, it's here. But this gives me so much hope because Jesus gives us the antidote, and it's living out of what he has already done for us. That's it. He goes on to say, uh, he says, don't judge. He says, don't condemn. Uh, forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. This word give is not just talking resources. That's a part of it. But the word here means more fully give of yourself. So, so don't just not judge. Don't just not condemn. Forgive and, and give of yourself. Uh, earlier this last week, our, our little girl, seven-year-old, she came home from school and she's just like, oh no, I'm ready to be done with my friends. <laughs> there was an argument. And at seven years old, that's, you know, it's a big deal. And I looked at Cindy and I was like, uh, I'm going to take this other one and go watch the Warriors game. You, you want to take this? <laughs> and, and Cindy sat, sat down with her and was just kind of helping her think it through, helping her understand the, the value of this relationship aside from like the seven-year-old inflammation that was going on in the relationship and trying to help her understand uh, maybe her own contribution to the problem and all that sort of And you know, there's some real seven-year-old things going on there that needed to be worked through and all that sort of thing. And then Cindy said this. She said, Maddie, do you think you could, you could take the initiative here? Do you think you could, could make the first step here in, in making things right? Uh, you know, that kind of, in my mind, echoes, don't judge, don't condemn, forgive, give. And uh, we're so proud of our little one. Uh, she uh, very quickly began to make necklaces for their friends, because that's, that's, you know, love offering, I guess, I don't know. The other thing she did, she wrote this really long letter. I'm so very, 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 very sorry for all our arguments, and I really value our friendship. And, you know, that, that's kind of what she sent. And the cutest part of this whole thing is the very next day, two letters came back to her. Oh, we care about this friendship, too. And, and yeah, yeah, it makes your heart melt. And, you know, I get that this is a seven-year-old thing, but if we could just start living this out in our lives how much love and light would come out into the community? How much love and light would come into our families, into our neighborhoods? And friends, we can actually do it because Jesus first did it for us. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this timeless truth and so very relevant message for us today. Boy, do we need this, not judging others. And, and Father, boy, do we understand, well, I'll just I, I just want to presume, just kind of at the heart level, that, that we judge. It's so quick to judge. And not just those people, people close to us. And, and the effects of judgmentalism are, it's just, it's painful in society, in the church, and how the church is understood, and how it distracts from who you are, even when you taught completely against it, and all the rest of it. So, Father, would you please help us as your, as, as your followers, as your church, lead out in understanding that, yes, we do have these load-bearing things in our eyes when we, we tend to judge. But it's those very things, it's our sin, it's our frost, that you died to love us and bring us back into relationship with you. In fact, I want to pause here as we're, as we're praying with, with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, the gospel is to all who receive him, to all who give, uh, to all who believe on his name, he gives the right to become children of God. It's not what we can do. It's what we receive, him dying in judgment in our place, and he gives us eternal life. If you'd like to receive that today, that's something you do between him 
in your heart. You can do that in silence, but I just encourage you to raise your hand today. It's not the act of raising your hand that saves you or brings you into a relationship with him, but the point there being is I'll see it and I'll pray for you. But I want to just give you that opportunity. Yes, I see that hand in the front. Just give you another moment. Let's pray. Father, we just want to pray, first of all, for this individual who's raised her hand. Would you just receive her in your love and care? And Father, we, we just love that you just you, you love us so much that you don't just teach us truths that we need to hear. You lead us into them. And so, Father, would you help us be a, a church that uh, is known for its humility and sober understanding of our need for you and your great love that meets us. We love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.